The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Hello power. and welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview podcast. Uh, we're discussing the round 15 game against Carlton at the MCG. Uh, we played on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and of course, it's round fifteen. I'm Portia, and joining me, as has been the case for a couple of weeks now, is Macca. Macca, how are you? Carlton, love it. Uh, I'm good. Yourself? Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this game, and I'm thinking, how can there... we stuff it up? <laughs> look, how I have... can we possibly lose to this Carlton side this time? I mean, honestly, how can you ever lose to Carlton? But like, they're mm. e- they're even worse. Like, I think. I don't know, like, do you think they might be worse now than they were in 2002? I was going to bring, oh, looking at your uh, your little run sheet, I was going to bring that up. And, yeah. uh, I, look, their team structure is quite similar, yeah. isn't it? Like, when they yes. lost the, the top two draft picks uh, for the draft rewards, which, uh, look, let's face it, they've pretty much never recovered from. No. Um, they did make four final series um, a while back. Uh, but didn't really go anywhere with it. Um, but you, you look at the players on their list, Matthew Kennedy, Sam Rowe, Liam Jones, Jared Garlett, Jed Lamb, um, uh, Jared Pickett, Aaron Mullett, Matthew Wright, uh, Cam O'Shea, Darcy Lang. All these players came from other clubs. Yeah. And pretty much all of them are shit. Um <laughs> So it's not really all that much different to what they did, um, you know, 16 years ago where they went for all these sort of – they traded for all these offcuts because they uh, they lost all their draft picks. Yep. And they thought that the best way that they could stay competitive was to get these sort of third stringers in from other clubs. Um, and it just didn't really work for them at all then. And it's, not, you know, not really worked for them all now either. Um, you know, their list is in a pretty bad state. Uh, they've gone this route again, and I'm just not sure what they're doing, to be honest. Like, I'm just not sure what Silvani's doing. Um, how many really bad GWS players can you possibly recruit to your team? Um, I, I think not problem, enough, clearly. But. The problem isn't so much that they're recruiting them, but that they're playing them. You know, that's, that's... And they're playing them. And that's what's yeah. going to make it even more disastrous when we lose to them this week. So, <laughs> but, and um, heartbreaking. Look, I sat there two, two years ago yes. and watched that shit bloody game, which we lost by two <laughs> points, where um, Cahoon was robbed of a mark and you know the umpire marked the ball from Hamish bloody Hartlett. Mm. And uh, we got absolutely screwed over, um, and we lost again the year after that as well. So, look, I'm I'm going this week again, and I am really worried about this be. game. You really should I'm be. I'm very worried. <laughs> well, look, I mean, just on the 2002, the list being similar, like it's almost like Zach Fisher is the new Cade Simpson. Um, he was a guy mm. drafted pretty late in his draft year, and people thought, I mean, I, I thought he was pretty good, and I thought he'd get drafted late. But he's already played 30 games in two years. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's not, that's I'm not slamming he him. Has. He's doing well for a, a, a player his age, but like at most other clubs, he'd still be playing reserves, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. quite right. Yeah. Quite it's, right. Uh, 
certainly been interesting. But um, yeah, no, um, Carlton. I mean, you you look at the the equivalent sort of players. Mm. Um, and I'm just gonna see if I can bring up a bit of a list here. But you know, guys like Simon Fletcher. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah, hell him. Yeah, Justin Davies. Um, wow. They brought in Lawrence Angwin. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Eccles. Cat Fergler, Lawrence Angwin. Um, they brought in Clark. They brought in Johnson. All these oh. players that just, oh, I don't even know what they were doing back then and, and why they considered that to be a viable option, to be honest. Um you know, David Clark, Daniel Harford, Brett Johnson, Corey McGrath, Digby Morrell, uh, Heath Scotland. That was a win. That was a win for them. Yep, yep. Um, and that's about it. And Nick Stevens. What a uh, what a horrible human being he's uh, turned out to be. But um, Callum Chambers was another one. Troy Longmuir. And none of, Troy none Longmuir. of them really played all that many games. No, no. You know, they all played sort of under about 30 games. Um so it sort of robbed them of, you know, multiple years of development. And um, I just feel like they're going through the same right now. And it was funny, I read read a post from someone on the forum, I think it might have been It Just Is or someone like that, okay. who said, um, you yeah, I'm like mid-20s or something, and all I've ever known is Carlton being terrible. Yeah. Um, right. So the thought of them being like a big four club just is so foreign to probably an entire generation of football followers now um, because all they've ever known of Carlton is them pretty much being anchored to the bottom four of the ladder. There was a thing um, when we joined and I think when we were doing all right against Carlton after we joined the AFL um, where they talked about how we were the only team or one of maybe one of two teams that didn't have a negative record win rate against uh, Carlton. Mm-hmm. And I just went through like the all-time win-loss rates, and Carlton's like fourth from the bottom now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And if you look at, uh, I'll put the note later in the rundown. But I'll just say it now. Cade Simpson, like he's played two thousand and three to two thousand eighteen. He's got a thirty-six point nine six percent win rate, which is less than Fitzroy and University. <laughs> wow. <laughs> By ten percent. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, they've only finished in the top ten. Yeah. Top ten of the ladder in. Four of the last what sixteen seasons. Yeah, yeah. So they really haven't been great. But I mean, you look at them when I was growing up, and they were consistently very, very good. They made the yeah. finals pretty much every year for yep. you know the first ten years of my life. They won. You know, they were arguably the best team of all time in nineteen ninety five until Essendon came along a few years later, mm. um, and they dominated that premiership. And uh, but yeah, that, that's a very, very long time ago now. It really is. Um, yeah, so let's just, I don't know, should we keep putting the booty into Carlton or should we save a bit for later? Oh, we'll save a bit for later. You don't want to, <laughs> okay. we don't want to run through it all now. <laughs> no, no, no. I reckon that would just about be a, um, I think if we sink the booty into Carlton too much, it'll sound like a Carlton podcast. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I bet that's all they are right now. If they've got a Carlton podcast, that's pretty much probably saying exactly what we just said, but uh, there you go. Mm. Look, let's go to some of the big news that's happening. Uh, Jack Trengove is debuting for Port this week. Good on him. Good on him. We spoke about him not that long ago, didn't we? I think last week we mentioned uh, that he wouldn't be all that far away from getting a game, and Uh, um, here he is. Well, actually, I think I said that he doesn't get a game until someone's injured. 
Um, but I did revise that during the game uh, against Melbourne when I said that if you ask me next Thursday if I would swap uh, Trengo for Pittard, I would do that immediately. Yes, you did. <laughs> I did get that text. Yeah, but, but instead, That's right. But instead we're swapping him for Darcy Byrne-Jones, who apparently was admitted for being late to training. That's right, yes. What? What? Tardy Byrne-Jones. Um, <laughs> just, you know, come on. Get Crazy. a better alarm clock or something, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a strange one, that one. Oh, I'm not sure if really? this is just code for he needs a rest and we're resting him against Carlton, but we don't want to call it resting, so we'll just say he was late to training. Um, but oh, regardless, oh, I think it's great that Trengove's uh, debuting. I think he deserves it. He's had a really, really consistent year in their NFL level. He's done everything asked of him. Um, you know, this might be one of those uh, really uh, positive success stories, hopefully. By the end of the year. Well, I mean, I guess. Um, what, I, I, I guess that he's got. I mean, he's got a chance, and we'll get to see how good he actually is because that's NFL form. I mean, you just can't take a lot from that. But uh, coming up against a shit team, if he can't look good this week, then he probably doesn't have it. Uh, so that's it. That's no, it. that's right. So that's this right. is this is it. Like if he doesn't play, if he if you don't come out of this game thinking, yeah, he did all right, um, he shouldn't be playing AFL. So this is a really mm. good test in that respect. Um, but uh, yeah, no, to, to have Burn Jones out. I mean, just the way that, like, I don't think that that's a, a disguised thing. Like, that's got to be a real thing because otherwise, you just say it was some sort of, you know, um, injury of some kind or like a, a temporary thing, like he got a, con- a concussion or make some lie up on a medical basis. Because saying he was admitted for being due to, for being late to training, um, yeah. that's a negative thing that you wouldn't normally put on a player just as a cover. You know, that's that's that makes him look like an idiot. It's particularly breaking a. a a pretty good consecutive games streak since his debut, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's real. Absolutely. That's a real kick in the guts, isn't it? But, uh, well, look, from what I heard, it wasn't like he was late by two minutes. I think he was substantially late. Ah, uh, okay. So it might be one of those uh, sort of things. But who knows? Who knows? Fair enough. Well, I mean, I guess we will probably one of those things that we won't know the full details of until after we win the premiership this year. And yes, say, yeah, absolutely. Ha, ha, ha. And then everyone will hear. Like, like back in the day when um, Warren Treadray used to front the media and say, no, we don't really think about it. And then as soon as we won the premiership, <laughs> you get to hear what everyone suddenly yeah, really stick thinks. Stick it up your ass. Stick it up yeah. your ass. Yeah. You know, this choker <laughs> shit's really annoyed me. <laughs> After yeah. three years of denying it. Um, <laughs> that's the good thing uh, about premierships. You get all the truth out. You do. You do, Absolutely. Uh, look and look. The other thing that happened this weekend uh, was Vic Country playing Vic Metro, and yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The traditionally the big one, but maybe not this year. I guess we'll see. Um, some interesting players, and there was one player I wanted to talk about. I, I don't know how okay. up to date you are on the Vic guys at all. Have you seen any of their games yet? Or have you... look, I I haven't seen this particular game, but I've watched uh, I've watched more TAC Cup footy and Champs footy than AFL footy this year. Okay. Once again, I reckon. So, I am fairly up to date with uh, with the Vic Metro guys and the Vic Country guys. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is the academies have ruined draft watching. It's really annoying when you see a guy like Buku Kamas and you go, "Wow, he's pretty good, isn't he?" Yeah. Like, oh, and then you go, "Oh, Bulldogs Next Generation player." Oh, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Like, it was bad enough when it was just you know GWS and you know, Gold Coast, but now it's everyone, and it's just it sucks. It sucks. It ruins it. Yeah. Oh, I've done that with about four players this year. I've gone, yeah. oh, he'd be all right. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's another person I wanted to talk about, Sam Flanders, who 
Oh, mate. When, yes. when, we, when we drafted Brent Gearer, he looked like a 25-year-old. And Sam Flanders <laughs> is an underage player, but he looks like Brent Gearer now. You know, like that's... Yeah, he, he's, he's bottom 20, age. He's, he's only... He's bottom age 25-year-old. And he looks 24, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. Not, he, he's not bad, but I guess we'll see how he comes along next year. But uh, oh He looks like he's been shaving coming out of the womb, basically. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Like, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen a young footballer that looks as adult as him at any stage in the AFL or in football I've ever seen. That's astounding. Yeah. But look, he's a gun. He is he's very good. much in he's... the... Uh, in the contest for pick one next year, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether, I don't know, like, if he progresses. I guess that was one of the knocks on what Sam, uh, Sam Hayes, you know, in his draft year, is that he mm. sort of did the same thing. And if Sam Flanders does the same thing again next year, who knows? But, uh, no, he did all right. And one person I really want to talk about, because I don't know what I think, is Zach Butters. Okay, now, yep. He's, he's a, a flanker. He's got a lot of attitude and confidence. Like, he plays with confidence. He's got a really good mm. footy brain but he's still a small guy. And I just sort of think he's the kind of player that, like, in five years' time, you might go, oh, you might hate him as much as you hate, like, a Hayden Ballantyne. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because he's got that, that real niggle. He's got that real niggle, and uh, yeah. he might be, he, I don't know, I don't know what he becomes at AFL flight level. But then I sort of remember back to when uh, Damien Hardwick was talking about when he was a junior, and, the way he described himself, I'm watching Zach Butters and I'm thinking he's playing pretty much like how I imagined Damien Hardwick did from his description in that he mm. had a lot of attitude, he had a lot of self-confidence, but he just didn't have the build to really compete at the level he needed to at that time. And like even Josh Carr took a couple of years to get straight after we drafted him to get ready for our yeah. level. So I don't know where to rate him. How would you rate Zach Butters knowing... Look, I'm, I'm a huge Zach Butters fan. I have yeah. been since last year. I saw him play two or three games last year and put a little asterisk next to his name as someone that I really wanted this year. And um, yeah. I've seen him a, a couple of times this year as well. And I, I just think he's very impressive. Um, he probably lacks a little bit of, of foot speed. He's, I wouldn't say he's super quick. No. Probably might be above average, maybe. He's got a bit of the Carl Amons about him, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing that I really, really like about him is that he's very, very good with the bowl. Um, he's got a great sidestep. Um, he knows how to get free. And he can play both uh, in the middle. He can play outside midfield, and he can also play on the flank as well. So hmm. um, if we want players that can use the ball, then um, you know he's probably one that I would certainly be looking at with some of our picks. Yeah, look, I, I guess if I had a criticism of him, it was, I suppose the first one would be that I mean, he's fairly slight, but you know he's an underage player. But... Mm. What's his potential to expand on that and you know become like if he's going to get in contests, is he going to be able to be in contests? Uh, but the other one is that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's an endurance issue, but he just didn't seem to run as hard as you would normally hope a guy in his role would. Um, yeah. When you know when the opposition has the ball, I just didn't. See, I, I saw him getting in a lot of good position to receive the ball or be part of a play that had sort of you know slowed down a bit along the wing because there was a bit of contested ball. But when it came to like you know having to chase down a player, like he didn't seem interested in that at all, um, which yeah. is maybe antithetical to how Port likes to play at the minute. But then again, if you look at him as being a development player, but is is he a development player? If you know, if where, where do you draft, where would you draft him? Where does he go in the draft? Like does he go early or late or somewhere in the middle? Or is he going to be one of those players that polarizes clubs in terms of how much they rate him? It's I see him sort of not lasting beyond 
the second round at this point. I think he'll go in the top two rounds. Yeah. Just whereabouts he goes depends on the rest of his year and finals. And well, I doubt Western Jets will play finals because they're not very good. But sure. um, yeah, he's had a good year. He's averaged twenty touches a, year, a game this year. He's yep. he does win his own bowl. Um, so I do like that about him as well. He has had a pretty good champs. Um, he's averaging seventeen touches a game at the champs. So. Um, yeah, I, I really like him. I would yeah. be very happy if we picked him up. Um, he's 181 centimetres, so he's not super small. Um, no, but the fact that he can he can run really, really well uh, and use the ball really, really well, um, you know, that's kind of what we want. And um, it would be um, another midfielder in that sort of younger uh, age bracket, which we kind of lack. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's probably, I don't know, he'd be competing with Kane Farrell, probably. I don't know. I wouldn't mind having uh, both of them, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I think uh, I think that They're would be all different. right. Yeah. Yeah, they are fairly different from each other. I think Butters is more uh, midfield-based than what Farrell ever, has ever shown. Um, look, he's probably a Carl Amon replacement, really. Because uh, let's face it, I think it's, Pretty doubtful that Amon's going to be at the club next year. I would yeah, think. Yeah, agree. Yep. Um, so I would, I would certainly be looking at him as someone that can sort of fill in that sort of role for sure. Yeah. Now I'm not going to keep talking because we've already talked quite a bit about Zach Butters. I just, I find him intriguing. I, I don't know where he's going to go in this draft. He's a guy that if he has a strong finish to the season, he could go like top ten comfortably. Um, or if he just sort of keeps playing the level he does, and pe- people have doubts about his endurance, if he has a bad draft camp, like he could, he's a guy that could go. Way up and way down the list, I reckon. It's it, it, yeah the most interesting player in this draft in that respect, I think. Um, yep, fair yeah. enough. Um, so I won't talk about the others because I don't think you've seen the game. So we'll say that this isn't a draft <laughs> podcast. This is a, this is a forward preview podcast. So let's we'll, talk we'll, about. We'll the, say that for another couple of months when we get the uh, the draft stuff going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. All right. So uh, look. We'll Although about... I will say, sorry, I will say, I would love for someone to pick up. Blake Schlensog, just to try and hear Brian Taylor <laughs> say his name. Because oh, that is a wonderful surname. Yeah, well, there was one. One, we'll just say one person. Um, a guy playing his first championship game, uh, James Blank, as a tall defender. I thought he was really good. Um, mm. So keep an eye on him when you watch the game. Uh, yes, I think he's got a lot of. I've seen him a few times this year already. He's, in, he's the, uh, in the TAC Cup games, and uh, yeah, I like him. I like mm. him a lot. All right, moving on. So let's talk about Carlton, the other Blues. Uh, they're 13-1 and one for the season, having just the one win. Sorry? Against 13 and... Oh, sorry, 1-13. and 13. I wrote down <laughs> wrong on my running sheet. How hilarious is that? Oh, my God. One. For a minute, ah. then a Carlton fan just happened to be listening and fainted. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure they've won 13 games in the last six years combined, let alone uh, this year. But... Oh God, don't make me look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're one in 13 for the season with one win against Essendon by 13 points. So two 13s, they're very lucky. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't in round 13; it was in round eight. Um, the statistical analysis I usually go into, I didn't. I just sort of skimmed it, and it's like there's nothing to say. You know, all their stats like. They can't even say like Melbourne did last week where they could say, oh, statistically we were better except on the scoreboard. Like, no, nah, Carlton can't even say that. There's shit everywhere. Even, mm. the, even the good stats they've got going for them are, are undermined by um, bad ones. Like, they're seventh for tackles and eighth for one for centres, which given their ladder position, you'd say, well, that's not too bad. But they've got the fourth fewest clangers against, 
which kind of says that they're working hard, but it's not really doing much. Um, they've got the second fewest disposals against you. Say, oh, that's not bad. They're limiting the amount of ball that the opposition have, but no, they're not. It's just that when a team is as shitty as Carlton is this year, you don't have to worry about you know kicking sideways or, or keeping the ball away from them because they just sort of no. end it. They just sort of fall over and, and let the Straight ball go Straight down past. the middle, bang, bang, goal. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Most goals against, third <laughs> most it. inside 50s against, second most marks inside 50s against. Um, they're just decrepit and pathetic. And honestly, like even if we play a bad game, we should still win by six goals. You you would hope so. You would hope <laughs> yeah. so. Certainly on paper, we we should be winning this game very, very comfortably. But yes. you never know. You never know. This is a Carlton and Carlton and poor games uh, over the last few years have been uh, quite dramatic and uh, not all that great for Port fans. So no. I'm still uh, touch, touching wood here. I'm lying on a wooden table and uh, just hoping like hell that we don't slip up this time. But uh, look, they've got a lot of young talent, but for whatever reason, it's just not come on as much as you would have hoped. No. Um, I think Petrovsky seatons probably bucking that trend a little bit. I think he's had, he's had a pretty good year. Um but, you know, guys like Mackay and Weedering, they probably haven't developed as much as what they would have wanted. Uh, Piggott's probably another one. Um, yeah, not sure. It's, they've just got a strange list structure at the moment. Um, and looking at that team on paper, I'm just not sure where they're going to win this game. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about their list structure and, you know, they could have expected the young guys to come on better, but... You've got to develop them. Like I think that's the thing. Like that's, I think that's if you're looking for the common problem with Carlton since 2002, or indeed since 1995, is that they never adjusted to the fact you can't just buy players and you actually have to develop players. Like mm. they, that's it. They just never have adap- adapted to that fact that you, you actually have to you know develop all your players. Um, they've been appalling forever. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. Well, look, they've pretty much. Since we've been doing the podcast, they've pretty much um, written off two entire drafts. Yeah. Um, in 13, they got Cripps, and that's obviously a wonderful pick for them. But um, they picked Cameron Giles, whose career was ruined by a navicular injury. Nick Holman, who's now playing at the Suns. 2014 was just an absolute disaster for them. Uh, Christian Jakes, they spent a lot to get him. He's no longer at the club. Blaine Bokehurst, Dylan Viojo, Rainbow, Clem Smith, Jane Foster. Like, who are they? <laughs> yeah. You know, none, none of them are at the club anymore either. Um, you know, they've just, you know, that's exactly what they didn't need when they started losing a lot of players was to um, was to head to the draft and for those players to uh, not develop at all and be out of the system in, in very short time. Um, so that's really left a bit of a development hole on their list. Um, but, yeah, no well, good. And, and, I mean, you look at the guy that escaped, you know, the one that escaped and has actually had a good career, and that's Josh Kennedy, traded for Chris Judd back in the day. Um, yeah. You know, he was in a, a very early draft pick, and uh, I don't think he was overly worried about going back to, to Western Australia, but I think that in hindsight, you think it was probably the best movie he ever made because... Uh, you know, he was in a team that had... Yeah, I think he was pretty against it at the time. He was, he was. And he had to be convinced to, to head over there. But uh, you would have to say he certainly made the right decision, for sure. Absolutely. And you have to say, I don't know. I mean, Judd got paid, so he's fine. But <laughs> I think that's all he cared about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. 
All right. All right. Well, let's move on to the next bit of slamming, Carlton. Um... <laughs> Selections. <laughs> yeah, selection. So we already mentioned Jack Trengo's coming for Darcy Van Jones, and there's another change, which is that Tom Jonas is out with hamstring issues, and Jack Homsch is in. Um, so we've which... got hamstring awareness, and we've got yes. training awareness. Training awareness so that's is good. correct. That's really good. Um, the Homsch for Jonas, again, because of the opponent we're against, we can get away with it this week. Um Trigger for Ben Jones. It's still a downgrade, but hopefully we'll do all right. Um, and oh, look, Holmes will play well. He's he's had a good year when he's played this year. I'm pretty happy with his form. Yeah. Uh, I just want Jonas out there every week. He's a gun. Yeah, well, he, he's a lot better than Holmes. Um, mm. Emergencies, uh, Jack Watts, Jake Need, Jimmy Tompas, and Aiden Johnson. And two of those names sneaking into our emergencies has me worried. I don't want to see Need and Tompas in our emergencies. Um, yeah. You've got to name someone, I guess, but are you surprised that Jack Watson didn't come back in this week? Um, I do think that if he was going to come back in a week anytime soon, it should have been this week, um, mm. just because we can exploit them. Um, so it is a bit a bit surprising they didn't come back in. I'd say that that means his stay in the SNF will probably extend for at least a couple more weeks. Um, yeah. Well, at least one. I don't know. Maybe we'll bring him in next week against... Who we got next week? St Kilda, I think. But... Yeah. But, I mean, if you can't uh, bring him in against Carlton at the we'll MCG, see. you know, the, the, the home ground he used to play at, like, yeah. that's, that's kind of, he, he's on the outer. <laughs> I reckon they probably want to give Todd, Todd Marshall one more week just to see if he can do something against Carlton um, yeah. before sort of making that change back. Um, I would love both of them in the side at the same time to help yes. out Charlie as well. Yep. Um, but it seems for whatever reason that's, Probably not going to happen at this point in time, especially with the former Lindsay Thomas as well. Mm. Um, I would think that uh, he's certainly locked himself into a top, into a first twenty-two spot uh, for the uh, foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, look. I guess we can move along to the opposition. So, three hundred games for Cade Simpson. So, I guess that's a good thing for him. He he certainly played a hell of a lot more games than I ever expected him to in his draft year. Um, in his draft so, year, I thought I he was just okay. Find it. Oh yeah, I've I've never been a huge fan of Kate Simpson, no. um, but you know he's done his job for Carlton, and uh, you know he's turned himself from a, a wingman to a, a running halfback and, and done a pretty good job. I think the funny quirk with his career is the fact that it took him until his fourth game before he got his first disposal at AFL level. Yeah, he played three games in his first year in two thousand three, didn't get a touch in either of them. Mm. Yeah, look... Um, this is a funny quirk, that one. You've you got to say, Kate Simpson would have been lucky to get half that at any other club. Mm. Half that many. Like, if he played 150 games at any other club, I'd be surprised. But... Yeah, maybe. Are, are, maybe. Oh, which one? Which one would you reckon? Like, you sound like you're I in think, doubt, but I, I just can't he's... think of a club that would have him play 300 games out there, or, or even 200. Well, I think he he's got better... I think he's got better as his career's gone oh, yeah. on. He's kind of a bit like Westhoff in that regard. I didn't rate him at all until about three or four years ago, but he's done, you know, since then he's played some really, really consistent football for them. Yeah, I um, think he would have got to that point out of the clubs. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Look, he's, yeah, it's, I don't know, hard to say. Yeah. Probably St Kilda and Melbourne and North Melbourne, I could have seen him playing a hell of a lot of footy and, you know, yeah. Brisbane as well, Gold Coast. Um, maybe even us. You never know. I would be astounded. Um, anyway, <laughs> their changes—they've had a huge number. Um, what's oh, the changes are plenty here. 
do the, sh- the, the outs first. So Dale Thomas is suspended. Matthew Kreutz is injured. So Kreutz are out. is just phenomenal. Lockie O'Brien's out. Lockie Flamin out. And Kamo Shea's admitted. Oh, no. Damn. Rats. Damn it. <laughs> That's, that saddens me greatly. I would have loved to have played against the fridge, but... Yeah, well, um, such as Damn it. He probably actually would have played a good game against us, but, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, probably. The ins, uh, Mark Murphy's in, so that's good. He's good for them. a lot of the season, yeah. Uh, Jared Pickett's in. Andrew Phillips is in to ruck. Uh-huh. Uh, Levi Casbolt's mm. in and Nick Graham's in. They've probably lost more than they've gained there overall, oh, yeah. well, I would think. Thomas and Kreutz are out, and obviously O'Shea Plowman, out. Plowman as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, look, I don't know. Murphy is someone that just destroys us, so I, mm, I would have loved yeah. for him to have uh, spent another week on the sidelines, that's for sure. But yeah. um, outside of that, you know, they brought in Phillips. I, I don't mind him as a ruckman. I think he's okay. Uh, Pickett's, you know, not really done much at all this year. No. Um, Kasbolt, you know, he, on his he's day, he can be dangerous, very, very yeah. dangerous. And he has um, torn us apart uh, once before. And Nick Graham has just been someone that looks on the verge of doing something, but you just don't think he's ever going to get there. No, no. Uh, and yeah. he's the most Robbie Gray-looking person outside of Robbie Gray that there is in the world. Wow, okay. That's, mm. that's uh, pretty good. Um, yes. I guess moving on to the positional contest. So the number one is Rux, Andrew Phillips versus Paddy Ryder. Andrew Phillips' career average is hit out to 16 and six disposals per game. Uh, I've put a note down here that if Paddy doesn't have some of the ruck plays of the year, he's just not trying. Um, yeah. yeah. Look, he hasn't played a lot of footy in recent years, Andrew Phillips, just four no. games in the last two years. Yep. Um, I, do, I do rate his ruck work, though. I, I do think he's a decent ruckman. Um, doesn't offer anything at all, really, around the ground. No, nothing. Um, I would hope that Ryder absolutely tears him a new one, to be honest. You really would. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be one of those... Has to. It doesn't have to be one of those, you know, um, Max Gorn 50 hit-out wins, but if it's just like, you know, 25 hit-outs and they all go to a port player, like, that's pretty good. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. That's what you want. It's much more It's much more influential and much more fun. Um, if we, you know, have some good rider to Grey, rider to whoever, rider to Wines, rider to whoever players, that'd be really good. Yeah. Um, midfield, Patrick Cribbs is good. Uh, he's over in 28 disposals, of which 60% is contested. Uh, seven, disp- seven clearances, five tackles, and a goal every second game. Um, and after that, it kind of drops off a bit. Uh, it, yeah. it does, but as I said, Mark Murphy's there. He's, um, oh, he's back, he, yep. he averages 24 touches, a goal, and a Brownlow voter game against us. Oh, okay. Um, so, look, he's more than likely going to be the player that we need to stop. If we can stop him, then I'm very confident we can win this game. If we can sort of injure him in the first minute so he doesn't actually get a chance to be on the ground, even better. I reckon. I'm not really against injuring players, but Mark Murphy, I'll uh, make a special case for that one because so, he just knows how to beat Port Adelaide. So you're going to put Lindsay Thomas on him then? Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> I wouldn't. Have, uh, and obviously Ed Kerno's there. He's their best tackler at seven a game and he's, you know, gets a bit of ball as well. Uh, Zach Fisher, we already talked about very briefly. He is actually, I think, their fourth best clearance winner so far this year, which probably says a bit about where they're at. Again, not a slam on Zach Fisher, just that it's kind of surprising. Uh, and the name Matthew Kennedy at Ruck Rover, which he's come, he's, he's okay. <laughs> hmm. What do you think? Look, look, Kennedy's very highly rated. 
Um, yeah, but... but I'm just not sure. He's another one of those players that I'm just not sure he's going to get there. Um, he looks very slow by foot at AFL level. Um, you know, the midfield's probably the best chance they've got of winning the game, I would say. Um, I've already spoken about Murphy. Cripps is a genuine superstar. Kerno's had a very, very good year as well. Uh, if those three can get a lot of the ball, then they'll, they'll certainly do a bit of damage and uh, and be able to get it forward mm-hmm. enough. Um, I'm not sure who you, uh, can do the damage up forward, though. But, um, look, it's it's a better midfield than I think you're giving it credit for. Um it, it doesn't shallow. run deep though. No, that's, it that's, is very, that, very shallow. I, I'm not, I'm not criticising the top three, um, but after that, it, it sort of really fades quick. Yeah, look, you would hope that the likes of Rockliffe, Ebert, Gray, Gray, Boak, Wingard, Polek, Motlop, Wines, Trangove, Calpepper yeah. <laughs> can sort of uh, do the job in that regard. You really would. Uh, going if we can't line, find sorry. a winning midfield out of those like ten players. Uh, yeah. against their sort of four good players, then there's a problem. It would be a real concern. There's mm. no doubt. Um, again, even if we play badly, we should still win. Uh, in the forward line, their highest goal kicker this year is Charlie Curnow with 19 in 11 games. Um, yep. Uh, their, their highest average is Harry McKay, averaging two goals a game. He's played six games this year, and he's a Mission Possible draft favourite back in 2017. Yep. Um, he is probably someone we should pay a bit of attention to. Um, is he playing? Played, he's playing this week, yeah. He's in. Are you sure. sure? Isn't he? I don't think so. Don't get that wrong. I can't he's see his name. Play. Oh, thank God. Okay. No. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> screw their forward line. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw him on the list. There you go. All right, no, I don't think off. so. He was, he was the only forward I could think of a good thing to talk about. Oh look, Kerno's a gun. He's a he's a he's right. very talented young player, and yeah. um, he's the one to watch for sure. Uh, I would assume that Cleary will get him because he does like to roam the field a bit. Uh, Silvani threatens a little bit, but again, we sh- you know someone like Homp sh- should be able to stop him. And yeah. I would assume that Howard will go for Caswell because of the height. And again, I would hope that uh, Howard will do the job there. Um, as I said before, Kasbolt uh, has has played, has done a bit of damage to us in the past. Uh, so I really want to see how yeah, keep him goalless. And, uh, yeah, that would be very nice. There you go. Oh, dear. Um, that, wow. I, like, we're almost, we're almost too tall now. <laughs> looking at, like, looking at... Looking well, not at really. Side. Not really. Well, almost. Not quite. But, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, anyway... Uh, and as for the defenders, I just don't really, not really too concerned about any of those contests. Um, if Charlie Dixon doesn't play well, it's mostly about Charlie Dixon, I think, and everyone else they should win. Well, they've got Weedering, Rowe, and Jones, which isn't too bad a a, uh, a key defensive group on paper. Jones probably hasn't gone on with his sort of uh, his good late season form last year. Uh, Rowe's consistent as Weedering. We've already spoken about, but yeah, I don't know. I would assume that Weedering uh, will take West off. Rowan Dixon seems the, the clever thing to do, mm. and I'm sure they'll try and use Jones to run off Marshall and and uh, and intercept as he's done a fair bit this year. Um, so it's really going to be up to Todd to uh, to command the ball, make sure that he's uh, strong in the contest, 
and to start clunking some marks, which is something that he hasn't done in the last couple of weeks. Well, I mean, I think the main thing about the Carlton defence is that yeah, they might be all right, but they're going to be so under the pump, you know. Um, mm. Their midfield, we said it's shallow, and if you've got a shallow midfield, it means they're probably not applying as much pressure as they should be. And, you know, pressure is what makes bad kicks into the forward line. It's not really anything else. Yeah. Um, so they'll have they'll be up against it all game, even if it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, you know, if you one out against forwards and the delivery's not shit, then you've got a tough day, tough day coming for you. So, um, eh. <laughs> Carlton's defence, <Yeah>. eh. <laughs> um, as for the game in general, should we be concerned about Brendan Bolton? Nah, I don't reckon. One win, one loss versus Hinkley. Our team's been getting better, and theirs is worse. So I, I just don't think he's got. I don't think he's got the tools to work with, really. Yeah, it's not a good year, Brendan Bolton. He hasn't yeah. had a good year. He doesn't have the tools to work with. Um, I guess it's the, it's the long game with him, mm. and uh, he's only at the start of his career. And uh, yeah, I would hope that Hinkley has the goods over him this week. I just don't. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also just don't. I don't see this as a coaching battle, really. Mm. Um, if it is a coaching battle, it's a battle between Hinkley and Port's complacence. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to come down to coaching at all. No, no, no. Uh, as for psychological advantage, you'd have to say Port, given our ladder positions. Uh, and while you might, this, you I am going to say Carlton. Oh, well, I was going to make a case for you know this is Kate Simpson's three hundredth game, and it's uh, he's the fifth highest Carlton game player. Um, but if they were really going to pay respect to his career, they would definitely lose because of his thirty six percent win rate. <laughs> but I, I just don't, I don't think it makes a big enough difference. I don't I don't mm. think that'll be enough. The last two times we played them in Melbourne, we've lost. I think yeah. they'll use that They're as motivation. Worse. They're worse. Are they? Are they worse than what they were two years ago? I reckon I'm they not, are. I'm like not they sure they're that now. much worse. They Yeah, I'm not sure they're that much worse, though. I don't know. This, this, is, this is absolutely the stuff of nightmares for, for me, and I'm sure many other Port supporters out there. Because this family. is a game that we should absolutely be winning this game should be over by quarter time, but there is just that thought in my head that goes, "We're going to lose this game," and I really hope we don't. You're so positive, <laughs> Look, I, normally I am the positive of uh, of us two, but look, we, I've been burned by Carlton before. I've gone to a Port Carlton game in the last three years, which we've lost, and uh, uh-huh, I don't want that uh-huh. to happen again this week. Okay, well, look, I... Uh, so, yes, I, I think Carlton will take a lot of psychological uh, advantage in this one. I think they will take none. And if there's psychological advantage from them beating us in Melbourne, it will be that we want to beat them in Melbourne. I hope so. Mm. All right, let's move along. Any questions from Big Footy? There is a few. There is a few. Are they all um, about being negative about Carlton, or can we move away from that for now? <laughs> we can move away from that. <laughs> um, one great club wants us to talk about Jack Trengove. Okay. Uh, just about him and his history, that sort of thing. I don't know a lot about his history, but from he was drafted early, got injured, and kind of couldn't find his way. If you're talking about personal history, I don't know much about that at all. How about you? Yeah, look, he's, he was a pick too. He was a very talented kid from Sturt. Um, and unfortunately for him, he just got injured mm. and, uh, and really failed to recover from that um, navicular uh, injury that he had. He's only played... What, seven games in the last four years. Yeah. Seven games since 2013. 
And, uh, you know, he was a former club captain of Melbourne yeah. as well. Too I think in his second year. Yeah. yeah, second or third year, I think he got made club captain. Was too early, absolutely. Um, and, and that maybe damaged his career a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, his is what, um, you know, an unlucky story, I guess, because he did have a, a load of talent. Um, he was starting to show it a bit more regularly. And then, uh, yeah, injury took hold. And as we've seen, you know, that's that's taken many a career, that navicular. And, and thankfully, it didn't take Polex. He's one of the success stories from yeah. that. Trengo's probably one of the uh, the negative stories, I would say. Unless it's just about to become a success because he's finally away from Melbourne's regime. Oh, I would hope so. I that hope so. I, I hope he's the Josh Marnie of, 2008, of uh, 2018. That'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. Absolutely, it would be. Um, I guess one other thing we can say about uh, Jack Trengove is that this week we'll have three AFL captains in our team. <laughs> yeah. Two former and one current. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's right. Uh, certainly nobody. Doesn't have our strike has asked, uh, is Jonas the best defender in the league this year and what will it take for him to get into the AA side? Um, if he wants to get in the AA side, I would recommend he asked to Stop missing to games. Hawthorne. <laughs> I'm just going to say stop missing games. I think that's... Yeah, that's uh, probably a big part too. I, I think he's he would be close to a lock for the old Australian. After last year where he got in the squad, which I think a lot of people were surprised at, um, I was I was surprised that he got that recognition because he had a wonderful year last year, but I never ever thought that he would be that sort of player to get that sort of recognition. Mm. Um, so he's already on, um, on everyone's minds that... Uh, that picks the old Australian team. I've got no doubt he'll be in that again this year and hopefully he goes one step further and does make the final team. And he does yeah. deserve it because he has been wonderful. Is he the best defender in the league? I'm not, not too sure he's the best defender in the whole AFL. I still think McGovern's probably better than him. Um, but yeah, he'd be he'd be right in the conversation for sure. He he's certainly in the top. Well, look, if I think he's going to make the AA team, then he's certainly in the top six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting watching the um, post-game uh, for Port Melbourne this week, Port versus Melbourne, uh, and Luke Darcy, who hates Port Adelaide, didn't find room for Tom Jonas in his top three players. Um, mm. But every other player, uh, sorry, every other person on their panel, like, I think it was about five people in total, gave him shit for not naming Jonas in the, in the top three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. that says a lot about Jonas' recognition, doesn't it? That's, not, that's good. Yeah. You know? Look, he deserves the recognition because he's a wonderful player. He's been very good and, this year, uh, particularly. He has. He has, absolutely. Yep. Imagine, uh, imagine how, so I just want to say, imagine how good our defence would be if Hartley hadn't got injured as well. Oh. And in, his, I know. in his career I know. this season. Oh. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Look, he, yeah. Heartbreaking. He was mm. playing very good footy. Yeah. Um, Harold Oliver has asked, uh, what is the panellist's favourite winter comfort food? Uh, does it have to be food? Or, like my favorite, well, I guess my my everyday comfort drink is tea, but my my favorite comfort drink is hot chocolate. And I actually okay. just got, I actually just got a tin of mint hot chocolate flakes today, so I'm going to have some Ooh, after the podcast. Yum. Yeah, it's going to be that nice. Sounds nice. Um, sounds very nice. But food, it's just got to be roast meat, really. Any any kind of roast will do. do me yeah, look for me. Yeah, for me, it's all the braises. So um, anything sort of slow cooked, lamb shanks, cockavan. Beef burgundy, um, lamb shoulder, you know, all that sort of stuff. Bring it on. I love it. Yep. Roast meat is the best thing in winter, for sure. 
It is, definitely. Uh, what is Sotos's uh, best-selling winter produce? Oh, that's a good question. Well, it's, it? it's still probably fish, but fish probably goes down a little bit in terms of percentage of sales. Um, and the grill gets a lot busier. So lots of um, – we've sold a lot of ABs. Um, really? Yeah, a lot of ABs and a lot of Euros, a lot of uh, a lot of burgers in the last uh, I don't know six to eight weeks or so. So uh, yeah, the grill certainly goes off in uh, in winter for sure. Yeah, I guess it's about that calorie density. People sort of think, oh, I want something with lots of lots of energy and lots of fat, and fish doesn't quite provide that. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. Uh, Schultz and Fest has asked since that flog, Rick didn't answer me. I'll ask you too. Is Lindsay Thomas now best twenty two? Yes. I would say yes. Yep. Yeah. I still uh, do you still think he's one bad game away from coming out of the side? No. Well, I mean that that's two questions because it's like do I think that or does the club think that? And I think no. I think the club are still kind of keen on Jake Need. Um Yep. But I I think no, he's our best small forward almost. You know, if if you talking about a pure small forward as opposed to a, like a forward mid um not saying that Robbie Gray... I mean, Robbie Gray's a forward mid and he can get, play all over the area, but if you're talking about like an actual small forward who all they do is just being a small forward, he's the best mm. one we've got. And he's proven it at AFL level this year already. So, good. Keep him in. He, he's... Jake Need shouldn't be in because he's not. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it's all it's all Thomas. It's all Lindsay Thomas. He's, he's the one. So, unless Aidan Johnson puts well, in some whispering form the... or something, then he's got it. Well, I think it's... I, I think you're looking at it wrong. I think it's either the choice between Lindsay Thomas or Jack Watts. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't see it that way. But I do think Lindsay Thomas, at least for now, is certainly best 22. He's had two wonderful weeks. Uh, he's provi- providing that defensive pressure that Need does, but is also actually tackling, which Need doesn't. Um, and it's the scoreboard, which Need doesn't. Yep. So, yes, uh, by design, he's certainly best 22 at the moment. Will he last towards the end of the year? I think he needs a decent bag of goals at some point. Um, I don't think he can get by just with sort of one goal a week and, and a bunch of sort of uh, defensive acts. I think he needs a sort of a three or four goal performance and hopefully that comes this week. That'd well, be nice. I mean, if it doesn't, he's got plenty of opportunities coming up in the next month. So, yep, you know, he's, definitely. He, he's, got a, he's got a good shot. You can't complain for lack of opportunity, I think. Yeah. Uh, CT Power has asked a few questions. First one is, uh, has Kane Farrell gone past Jake Need in the picking order for a smallish forward? Uh, again, for me, yes, because he's probably a smallish forward. That, that yeah. is a forward that does forward things. Um, but the club, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, for me as well, I, I would... You know, Kane Farrell's had a great few weeks and, uh, you know, he's been very impressive this year as a whole. And uh, I would certainly like to see him get a game before the end of the season just to see what he's like at AFL level. Uh, I think his skill set is one that would uh, would certainly fit in well at the highest level. You know, he's a wonderful kick, kicks well to a lead, uh, and that's something that we're always looking for at AFL level, I reckon. So uh, has he gone past Jake Needs? Well, certainly for me, yes, definitely. For the club, probably not. Yeah, the club's a bit delayed, I guess, when it comes to rating rookies above players that are around the 50-game mark, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, also from CT Power, would you trade Pollock, and if so, what under under what circumstances? Uh, does he want to leave? 
Well, the uh, the talk during the week was that he's had two monster offers from North Melbourne and St Kilda, mm. and uh, and that the Port offer, both in terms of years and uh, and money, is uh, is a fair way off what uh, he can get elsewhere at this point. Well, look for me. I've always I've, this is a doubt I've had for a few years now, which is that when Polek left Brisbane horribly unhappy with how things were under Michael Voss's head coach. Imagine how horrifying it would be to find a couple of years later he's a midfield coach. <laughs> you know, mm. I, 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 if that was me, if I if I'd left a, an, an yeah, employer because been there I, a long time. Though. I know. I'm just I'm just saying if I if it were me, mm. I'd been left an employer because I didn't get along with the person in charge, and then you know a few years later that guy is pretty thoroughly in charge. You know, first year maybe you might have still been in tuition mode or something, but now he'd be fully in charge. I'd be thinking, yeah, and a good offer came from somewhere else. I'd be thinking, yeah, let's get away again. <laughs> You know. But I think you would also see a drop in performance, whereas Polek's been in career best form this year and mm. coming off a career best year last year as well. So I think he's certainly Maybe. working well with Michael Voss. I guess point. we'll see. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know. It really depends. Um, maybe he's just being professional, Macca. Uh, yeah. I, what would I, I want? If we were to trade him, what would I want for him? Uh, I would want North Melbourne's pick 11. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's um he's certainly in first round pick form for a trade. Yeah. Uh he's still at that right sort of age bracket where he's got a long time left. And uh we would need to be compensated handsomely for it, I would think. Yeah, and honestly if I if, I mean if you were Pollock, you'd choose North Melbourne over St Kilda, yeah. You would think so. You yeah. would think so. Well, if we could yeah. somehow wrangle pick three from the Saints, then uh, happy days. But I don't <laughs> I, think that would happen. Happen, I, I think uh, pick eleven would be something that I think North might be happy to part with, uh, as well as um, you know getting Polek for them as well. Yeah, and uh, like, but look, I, I want if, Polek to stay. I think he's had a good year, and um, we don't really have too many other players that can play like him um, in the squad. So if we lose him, then we absolutely better be getting Zach Butters because <laughs> we yes, don't exactly. have too many others. Exactly. Um, and I guess if, you know, looking at North Melbourne, maybe sweetening the deal, that might be a destination for someone like a Carl Amon, who we already mm. said might be leaving the club, and that could be sort of part of a parcel of swaps yeah. or whatever. Um, Look, I'm happy yeah. to uh, to give Carl Amon to St Kilda for pick three. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to work that. That's for sure. Um, but Polek, probably not. No, I want to keep Polek. Yeah, look, I mean, he's playing a role that we are having trouble filling. So, yeah, we we certainly are not looking to sell him off. No. Uh, CT Power has also asked, can you see Joe Attlee replacing anyone in the 22 once he gets back from injury, such as Brad Evert? If not, where does that leave him? He was fantastic two weeks ago against Sturt, which he was. I was at that game, and he was fantastic. He's built himself up a little bit. He's a lot stronger in the core now. Um, Good. Look, I think he's knocking down the door of an AFL spot. It's just that none of our midfield's been injured, quite simply. And yeah. uh, most of them have been in pretty good form uh, for most of the year. So if there's no one really coming out of the side, then it's hard for players to break in in that regard. Yeah, and I guess I'd probably just say, like, if we get to the point where we're pretty much locked in top four late in the season, he might come in then just to get him preppy, prepped for finals in case he needs to come in then. Yeah, um, but if we sort of have a bit of a middling time, like we'll be, play- we'll be playing our best midfield until the end of the year. But if again, if we're like if we're already in top four consideration by around nineteen, 
I reckon we mm. could see him come in then, regardless. Yeah. Well, I'm still a massive fan of Joe Atley. He was, you know, can remember our uh, celebrations when we picked him up yeah. on the draft yeah. podcast a couple of years ago. And I guess his career hasn't really panned out how I thought it would be at Port Adelaide at this point. I thought he would be would have been an absolute lot from maybe the second half of last year um, and would have played every game sort of since. But, you know, since then we've brought in Tom Rockliffe. And, exactly. Um, you know, that sort of makes it a little bit harder for someone for like Joe Atley to... Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it makes it hard for him to sort of break into the team when you've got all those guys, all those inside midfielders there who are playing really good footy now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, adding another one to the mix you know, probably throws it out a little bit. But I do still think that Joe Atley could play well as a flanker because uh, he's got decent pace and, and good skills as well. But um, look, hopefully he uh, he stays at the club he, yeah, like Pollock. I, I love him. I, I think he's got a massive future here and um, he's just got to bide his time a little bit. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, uh, Schultz and Fest, uh, do you think DVJ would have been suspended if we were playing a final this week? No. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not, but we're not. We're playing uh, Carlton, who yep. won one game in uh, a millennium. So, no, uh, that wouldn't have happened. It's certainly an easy decision to make this week. Yep. Uh, Long live PAFC has asked, is Pinard on the trade table at year's end? Oh, I'm trading him, yeah. I wanted to trade him last year, if you recall, so yes. I would have traded him five years ago, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, then we wouldn't have had these discussions. Him, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, probably. He's not had a good year. Um, I, I think he's been okay the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. No, scrap that. No, he was terrible no, on the was, weekend, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Particularly the first half, he was appalling. He was decent against the Dogs, and I thought he was decent against Richmond. He was not so good against Melbourne. Um, but I feel like him being back in the side is... I feel like him especially last week, really opened up Houston to have a massive game. I thought he was just about best on ground, Houston, last week. Mm. And um, I'm not sure that would have happened if Pittard wasn't in the team. Um, yeah, I don't know. And uh, the few weeks before that, I feel like Bonner's really sort of welcomed Pittard back into the team as well. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess would I trade him? Probably. I guess part of it might come down to how we're feeling about it. Um, the guys we drafted late last year, you know, that trio of three defenders, Pat Moore and um, ben, uh, Joel Garner, and who's the other one? I've forgotten. <laughs> but we drafted three half-back flankers that maybe, you know, Pat you Moore. sort of... I said Pat Moore. Pat Moore, Garner, oh, Garner. and there's one other. Yeah, I said them, Farrell. both of them. No, not Farrell. There was another one. Who's the other one? Mm. <laughs> Don't know. Can't remember now. <laughs> no, me either. Um, but whoever it was, it depends on how the club's feeling about them potentially being available next year as realistic halfback options as well. Like, if they're coming along okay, then that might be more inducive to, like, yeah, maybe we can trade a pit out away. And again, also, if, if Broadbent can come back, if there's doubt about him coming back, then, ooh, you know, who knows? And, well, Hartlow, mm. if Hartlow has injury complications or God knows whatever else, it could happen, but... Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind trying to package Pittard and pick 21 with um, uh, to try and get a little bit further up in the draft. Maybe maybe for North Melbourne's pick 11 or Hawthorne's pick 10 or something like that, just to get another sort of high-ish pick. Uh, I would be pretty keen to try and do that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got we are in an excellent position to trade to anywhere in the draft we want to be. I guess mm. that's what you can say. We've got uh, a, a team that's performing well, which means the players have got trade value to some extent, and we've got a good good set of picks, like five picks in the first three rounds. Um, anywhere we want to be in the draft, we can get to. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Long live PAFC has asked, considering our past suggestions that our China 4A came first and plans for a women's team second, what does our announcement today about pushing for a women's team mean for our China strategy? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it probably just... I think they're independent. I don't think they're connected at all. Do you? I don't think it will impact too much because I feel like the China strategy is close to being set sort of thing. Like We've now played there twice. Things are developing there a lot more than they would have been two years ago when we had the choice of trying to go for a women's team or not. Um, whether we've got the money to sort of uh, to put towards a women's team would be another thing. But I know a week ago they, they announced that Port would be pushing for a, a SAFL women's team, I think. Um, but, yeah, I'm not up with uh, today's announcement at all. So I have to wait and see about that one. It might just be a matter of if we don't ask for one now, then we'll get to a state where it is normal for Port Adelaide to not have a women's team. Um, mm. You know, we really... like if we, if, we, if we don't get a team in the next three years, we probably won't ever get one. Um, yeah. I think. <laughs> so it's it's just a matter of that timing. You know, if, if every AFL club is known to have a team, then that's good because it means that the AFL will probably pay for it. Um, yeah. And that probably works out in every club's favour. So that might be part of it as well. We might be getting pressured like, hey, get everyone in here so we can just share it out as a shared expense but uh, mm. don't know don't know uh, but I they've, got, they've, they've got to be very the careful they've got to be very very careful look I've to be honest I've watched about eight minutes of the AFLW in my life it doesn't matter and I found it boring as shit I'm not going to lie if Port were in there I would watch it every week happy as Larry I would support them I would go to games happy as Larry but I'm not watching it if Port's not in there because it does not interest me one iota um, but I think they've got to be very careful with expanding um, to not to not dilute the uh, the talent pool too much because it's already on uh, you know balancing on the on the cliff face. Um, I, look for me, the talent pool like like happens you know in other in other areas like Queensland you know going from uh, an AFL nothing to producing you know still reasonably consistent players. Um, although I don't know. I don't know how they are with the Allies this year, but um, it's important for Port Adelaide to do, even if most fans don't give a shit, because the Port Adelaide focus has always been on getting the next generation of fans, right? Since mm. we joined the AFL, it's been absolutely our 100% focus is, yeah, screw the old people that have got their fixed years, we want to go the next generation. And if you don't have an, if you don't have an AFLW team and the Crows do, there are a significant number of people that will go, okay, cool, go Crows. There's... Yeah. How many how many young South Australians have got family where half of it's Port and half of it's Crows? A lot, Quite I a would lot, say. A huge number. Yeah. There'd be a huge number. And even if it's not, you know, mum and dad, it might be, you know, your granddad's Port and your mum's Crows for whatever dumb reason or whatever else. Mm. So they've got a choice. They've, every kid in South Australia's got a choice to make. Um, and, you know, a, 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 a girl's dollar is as good as a boy's, you know, their, yeah, or their definitely. parents' dollar is just as good. Well, so, as I said, if Port had a team in there, I, I would be, yeah, I would be all in. I would buy yeah. in a hundred percent. I would be at games. I would watch it 
support them 100%, absolutely. I'd even do an AFLW port podcast. That's something that we could definitely do. Yeah, I'd definitely. Um, But... The other issue I've got is that this is just a money pit. Uh, there's no way that's making any money anytime soon. That's one we can afford. Uh, so if the AFL want to pay for it, yeah, fine. Well, that's it. I'm I'm more than happy for us to have a team so long as they pay for it. I don't want us to pay for it because it's just going to leak cash. Yep. But I also think, like, if you look at, I guess when you're looking at, you know, women's professional sport, you're looking at the WNBA. And the WNBA is, you know, probably not, in a great position for the most part. I think Connecticut Sun does pretty well as an independent team. Uh, I know that New York were looking at selling the Liberty at some point um, last year. But what that does for the NBA brand is really important. You know, like NBA players, you always hear about how oh, they're getting huge. horrible... WNBA is massive. It, well, yeah. it, it's big, yeah. But also in terms of presenting the league to a neutral audience... Like NBA players have got a reputation for being a bit wild, but WNBA players don't, you know, <laughs> because they're, 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 you know, they're women players. They don't have the mad money to spend and all that stuff. And um, but it just all adds into the brand. It makes it more a family brand. Uh, and just from, from a branding perspective, I think it's hugely important for AFL to get into this and, and support it properly. You know, um, yeah. Maybe they can uh, uh, duplicate the the photo last week of New South Wales and. Uh, Queensland women's rugby player kissing each other like oh no there's probably someone at AFL house you know shaking their fist and saying why don't we have lesbians on our opposing teams kissing each other let's have that next year yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes ah oh, dear but um no it's it's in AFL will no doubt if every team has a, has a team um AFL will just pull it out of AFL funds like they do with the TSC Cup and all that stuff no doubt yeah. Uh, Long Live PAFC has also asked, what is it about our club that has allowed us to retain almost every player despite labile on-field success and the glamour of playing for one of the big Victorian clubs? Um, I think Ollie probably described it well last week after the game where he said, you know, it's like a big family. and hmm. um, You know, once you're in, it's kind of hard to leave, I reckon. Yeah, and I guess part of it comes down to recruitment as well. Um, uh, in terms of character, like we talked about how Port has been character recruiters for a long time, and that's not always served us well. Mm. But if you're a player and you're thinking, I want to have a, a post-career media job, yeah? Yep. And absolutely, you don't play for Port. Um, but that's probably why we don't recruit them. You know, yeah. we don't recruit that player. We we you can sort of work out when a player's really heavily in it for the money, and they're never the players that we go chasing in in the off season, if in trade, and it certainly it just won't happen. I don't think court players have any real illusion that they're going to have a, a thriving media career after they're done. They're here for the football, and they go off and do something else. So, I think that's probably part of it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just being able to work character and personality out. Um. If if parents are, if if you've got parents like ah uh, oh, back in Jerry Maguire you know what's his name the number one draft picks parents that were all about money 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 you know it's like okay cool or he wants this he wants that and the the their son is a little prince like I don't think that's a player that Port would ever draft yeah probably hmm. I would agree with that yeah and I think that's probably a big part of it but also you know the, the factors we've talked about the last week or the week before about you know Henkley's got a great reputation because of all these Geelong connections throughout the media 
which adds to a sort of an ambient well-being surrounding Port Adelaide while he's coach. Um, yeah. You know, and, and at a certain point, it, the reason you keep getting players and retaining them is because you are keeping and retaining players. Like, it, it builds on itself. The same as the Crows constantly losing key backman builds on itself. It just becomes mm. a thing that happens to a club. Um, yeah. And it can be... It, it's the same as it's had for a negative to turn around. Um, it... The top level doesn't necessarily turn around much either. Yeah, no doubt. And last one, long live PAFC. I guess we've already done this a little bit, but uh, he wants a bit of a spiel from us about our thoughts on the draft this year, and um, yeah, who we like. Is there anyone else from the other state that you like, Porsche, that you've seen well, so far, or is it, this is haven't it. had got, much to see yet? But we've we've got opposite viewing experiences because this is the first game I've watched so far this year. Um, oh, okay. So all I know about from really looking and watching a couple of times is the Vic Metro and Vic Country guys. But uh, yeah, I've mentioned a couple I'm interested in, Blank and um, Butters. And I think um, I like Ned McHenry. Uh, he, yep. unfortunately, he was, I was watching him play and I think he plays like a very Port Adelaide player, which included sometimes having good shots at goal he should get and missing them. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a bit of the Sam Graves about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, who else did a quick scanning on my notes? Uh, Riley Collier-Dawkins I quite liked the look of. Um, yeah. I thought Xavier O'Halloran was important in the last quarter in terms of keeping the win safe for Vic Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's a couple of others. Like, you know, obviously guys like Sam Walsh, Riley West, yeah, yeah, they're looking pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm not as hot on Dersma from what I have seen. I didn't like his game. Um he was yeah. better the week before. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I watched more of his footage as he get closer to actually discussing all this stuff. But yeah. Yeah, and Zach. The, the good thing that for... uh, the good thing about this year is that um, pretty much every game has been streamed on YouTube. Okay. So all the footage of all the um, uh, under 18s games has been on YouTube, which has been fantastic. Because usually it's just been the odd one on Fox uh, towards the end of the championships, but. This year, we've uh, been able to see a lot more, which has been great. But, well, I think, uh, as everyone has said, you know, the top end of this draft is uh, as good as it gets. Uh, the depth probably is lacking at this point. Um, I'm glad we've got quite a few picks a little higher through the draft. Hmm. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, I really like the look of um, uh, so, some names that haven't really been mentioned before. Um Guys like Jack Bytel, uh, Aaron Nitschke, uh, Matthew Green from Northern Territory. I think he's pretty good. Luke Valenti from South Australia as well. Uh, he's outside the big four SA players, um, but he looks uh, like he's got a lot of AFL potential. Uh, don't mind the look of Aaron Clark as well from Big Metro. And uh, Stefan Radovanovic uh, has some raw tools which look quite powerful. And uh, I think it's about time that we've had uh, another player on our list that has a, a five-syllable um, last name as well. Since Kularitis. Yep. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, what I saw of Vadovanovich, like he's another one of those kids that looks like he's 25. Um, yes. But, uh, <laughs> yes. He, he looked all right. I didn't, I didn't write down any notes because he just seemed like a generic player in that one game I saw. But again, I'll go back and I'll watch more closely and hopefully see more stuff. But the obvious observation yep. to make, he has a few, there's a few players I'm interested in and they're not... What I like about the players I'm interested in is that they're not players that I think everyone would be interested in, but then mm. I sort of think they seem Port Adelaide-y, so that's uh, very good. 
Oh. Zach Foote's another one, maybe. I don't like him um, at all. No, I was. Don't I, I, like I, him I was at just, all. I was just going to say, I think you started talking, so I stopped. But my my thing for Zach Foote was I was going to say, if you go reading on Big Footy or talking to someone about the draft and they say, oh, I really like Zach Foote, I reckon that's a really good sign that they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like if you want, if you want to suss out someone you reckon is not is not up to it, ask them about Zach Foote. Mm. He he's he he tries really hard. He runs really hard, but. Every time I saw him do something, it was terrible. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think well, see, so he, he was. I've seen him twice, and he's been pretty decent. So he's that, involved. Uh, that he makes it involved. interesting to see but what he did wrong. He's um, a guy that you know, about ten years ago, you'd say, "Oh, he's a utility" because you can't work out where on the ground he'd play. But he, he seems to play pretty hard, and he's quite fit. He's a guy yep. that Choco would have described as a gump back in the day when we were deriding players <laughs> that were really good at running and not good at football. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, no, Zach Foote. I reckon he's he's the test. If you want to suss someone out, get their opinion on Zach Foote because he's not okay. he's not near it right now in my view. Interesting, very interesting. Jai yeah. Colwell's another one for for our first pick. Look, Connor Rosie is someone who was rated exceptionally highly at the start of the year. He was right near the top of my list, but he's struggled a bit this year. He hasn't really found a lot of the football. Hasn't really found his position yet. Um, and look, if he can keep dropping. Yeah, I'd be very happy to take him with our first pick. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. And yeah, that's it for the questions. All right, well, and speaking of the under-18s games, obviously there's a couple more on tomorrow. So if you've got Foxtel, set your thing up. Yeah. I'll assume it's on. Uh, Allies playing uh, South Australia and Big Country versus Western Australia. Both of those games are in Geelong, which I will not be going to. Um, cool. We'll try to get to the Eddie Head games next week. That'll be good. Nice. Yeah, all right. Well, look, we'll get into the final rundown, uh, the final wrap. So, your winning side and margin racker, this is where you're going to not tip Carlton. I know it. You, I'm even, shaking even you here. Can't tip, even you can't tip Carlton, Macca. My nerves, I'm almost pissing my pants. My hands are shaking here. <laughs> oh, I, please, Port, just, just don't stuff it up this time. This is the test for me. Last week was a big test coming up against a team in... Decent enough form, okay. um, and we did that. This is one of those annoying games that we lost in 2015 and 2016, which really sort of ruined our year. Um, don't let that happen again this week. I'm going to pick Port by, I, I hope it's by 86 points, but I'm going to say by 28 points. Uh, I've got to go Port by um, 60. Okay. In, in less than 10 goals, I'll be a bit disappointed. I hope so. Yeah, unless, I, I unless, hope it's a big win. We did, look, honestly, I, I want this game over by quarter time. I want to be eight goals to one up at quarter time. And I think we've got the talent on the park to do that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could see, honestly, I think we've got more. I think that the bigger impact, if you ask me what's going to be a bigger impact on the final score line, I think weather beats Carlton. <laughs> weather beats Carlton, yeah. <laughs> the weather could cause an upset. And make us win by not a lot, but Carlton sure as hell can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for Port, who's the highest goal kicker for you? I'm I'm hoping it's Lindsay Thomas with yeah, four. Yeah, we, we backed him in both a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't quite deliver. Um, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope it is Lindsay Thomas. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for him again, but I reckon it might be Todd Marshall if this time he takes his mark and actually kicks a goal. I reckon he could get on the end of a couple. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Um, That'd be good. Premiership track, we're still on it. 
no point discussing yes. that. Fringe player is going to lock up a spot for next week. Um, well, Thomas, if he kicks four. Yeah, do you, do you reckon Jack Trengove will manage to stay on the side? No, no. No, I don't either. No. Um, unless, uh, of course, Darcy might miss training again, so you never know. You um, never know. It's uh, true. And other games you're looking forward to? Obviously, there's one on right now that I think we've had no comments in Spreaker Studio, and I'm dreading seeing how many players we get because it might just be us two doing this. Um, Probably. The West Coast Richmond is going on right now. I don't know what the score is. Uh, oh, sorry, Richmond Sydney Swans, sorry. Richmond Sydney Swans. Mm. So yep. we'll see how that goes. That's obviously one to watch. Um, I think Essendon North should be a good game. Yeah. Um, that's probably the best one. Giants Hawthorne, that'll be interesting. I'm keen on Crows Eagles. That looks like an interesting one to me because of the huge changes the Crows have made. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see how much the Crows win by, I think. You reckon? Um, I, I don't see how West Coast can win that game. Even with Brendan Archie back in. Oh, with the big, the big uh, forward prowess of uh, Brendan. Um, <laughs> and Brendan Ainsworth. He's well, in too. well, look, the, the fact they've lost um, Lacran now as well as Darling and Kennedy, well, they're, they're not going to yeah. kick a goal. Um, you know, I don't have any faith in McInnes and Waterman to uh, to kick a winning score for them. So for that basis, I think the Crows will absolutely obliterate them. And, uh, look, that's perfectly fine by me. I hope the Crows do obliterate them. And uh, I hope West really Coast... Lose, isn't it? Yeah, look... Like, you know, either if... we get closer to getting ahead of the Eagles or the Crows lose at home. It's yeah, just a that's right. So it's probably worth watching Absolutely. for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will be tuning in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, very good. All right, well, look, we can wrap it up. Um... We actually managed to fill out the podcast despite not talking about Carlton for a lot of it, but I think that's because we started talking draft and we can, we can, I reckon we could talk for four hours straight on draft at any given time. That'd be too easy. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but look, if anyone listened in, thank you for listening in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you're listening in uh, tomorrow on, in the car or on the way home from work, or even if you're listening on Saturday morning, getting pumped for the game because or, or in the, you're driving over in the car to go to Melbourne on tomorrow maybe and you listen to the podcast and you go oh we're going to beat Carlton we're going to beat Carlton and you're saying shut up Macca shut up Macca you're jinxing it um, I guess we'll see but uh, thanks for we'll seeing we'll see and can't port can't appear can't appear ports punched away by Michael at ground level here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Two or two, Bergwijn almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger James.